what is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is my new friend, Chase Tuning. Chase Tuning is somebody who is a – he's an influencer in the space. He's in the fitness space. He is a coach. He helps run a clothing company with his brother called Everforward. He is a big-time YouTuber. His brother, uh, Max Tuning, is a big-time YouTuber as well. Um, he was actually in the Army, so he's a veteran also. Um, and he is just an inspiring dude. I was very, very, um, not surprised, but just, uh, this interview just was so much more awesome than I expected it to be. I was super pumped to interview him just because we have mutual friends and in the friends that we do know, they all spoke very highly of him. So I knew he was a good dude. I knew he was uh, very motivated, very ambitious. He was a great entrepreneur. Um, and I already wanted to kind of pick his brain and talk to him and just get to know who he was. But I didn't know his story was going to be as inspiring as it actually is. Um, and I didn't realize that I was going to buy into the brand so much. The meaning behind Ever Forward Apparel, Ever Forward Coaching, Ever Forward Radio, which is his podcast, which I will be on soon, um, is so much more inspiring and uh, so much more meaningful has so much more purpose than I realized. You know, I heard ever forward and I figured, you know, move forward. Motivation, uh, fitness, uh, ambition, do well. Like it, it makes sense, right? It's a cool name for an apparel company. It's a cool name for coaching. Um, but the story behind it, going back through his family, going back through the triumphs that his family has been through, um, his, his situation in the army, the shit that he went through um, with his injuries, with getting knocked down, coming back up, constantly, constantly, constantly pushing forward. And not only just him, but everybody in his family. Um, the story was super impactful. You guys are going to get a lot out of this episode. You're going to take away a lot of what it means to just not stop working towards your goals. And that no matter who you are, anything is possible as long as you set your mind to it. And you truly, truly believe that you are going to accomplish those goals. Guys, before we get into the show, I need you to do me one quick favor. This is working really well, and I want to keep building on this momentum, and I appreciate every single one of you guys who has already done this for me. As you guys know, the best way for this to grow is, number one, leaving a five-star rating and review, which I do ask you guys all do because it does help me grow in the iTunes rankings, but number two is sharing this with a friend. When you listen to this podcast and you share it with a friend and they listen to this podcast, we build momentum. When we build momentum, we get more people to listen. And the more people we get to listen, the more lives we actually change by just helping people get better results. That's all this podcast is about. It's a free resource for people to learn. So what you can do for me, since I am putting out this information for you, is simply take a screenshot of your phone right now. No matter what social media platform you like to go on, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, whatever it is, mention this story. If you do it on Instagram or Facebook, because those are the two that I'm on, please tag me so I can see who's listening, who wants to hear more, and what they actually like about the show, because I love conversations with my listeners. So once again, if you guys can take a screenshot of this and just post it on your story on Instagram, as simple as that, and tag your boy, I'd be forever grateful, and it would help this podcast grow so much more than you realize. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's get on to the episode with Chase Tuning. So Chase, let's start with, uh, I want to get into your story, into your background. I got a few things I want to talk about, but let's start with just uh, who is Chase Tuning and uh, what do you do? Who is Chase Tuning? Well, fun fact, uh, it's not even my real name. Well, it's still my real name, but uh, I go by my middle name. I'll give everybody a fun fact. So I'm I'm actually James, James Chase Tuning. Um, James is like a family name growing up, but every firstborn male in our family was James. And uh, I don't know, maybe my parents just knew that 
James was too proper for me. <laughs> so uh, I always went by Chase. But um, yeah, so Chase Tuning, uh, currently live in DC. But like I was just sharing with you, I'm about to be a transplant moving. My wife and I are moving to, to Southern California in September. Uh, I am the, uh, the founder and head coach here at Everford Coach. I run Everford Radio, the podcast. Uh, my brother and I share the brand Everford. We both work to to kind of uh, our areas of specialty and deliver this this family message uh, ever forward. Uh, it's on my shirt. It's on my license plate. It's everywhere. Um, we we have this big kind of legacy we're trying to share from our family story um, of just sharing our struggles, our big obstacles in our family, and how we became stronger on the other side of it. And just hopefully that conveys to other people. So um, I'm a podcaster. I'm a coach. I'm a husband. I'm a brother. I'm a veteran. I did six years active duty in the army. Um, wear a lot of different hats, man. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. And obviously you got a big family tie into all this. I mean, um, you guys all have the same name, which is funny. My every firstborn in my family is Vincent James, like every single no one. Way. So my brother's James having a kid. House. <laughs> yeah, dude. My brother's having a kid, Vincent James, like the fourth or some shit now. Um, but they're just going to call Max. So they're doing the same thing as, uh, as you did. <laughs> so, uh, so what's like, what is tying the family together? It sounds like you got a really tight knit family. You guys got a lot of similar views. I've heard you talk about a lot of family stuff before. Can you just elaborate on that and how it all started and, and where that's going? Yeah, good question, man. Um, I think to me personally, family means a lot more because like, we were very tight knit growing up, but at the same time, we were kind of separated. My parents divorced. They split up when I was about five years old, maybe six, very, very young. And I'm the oldest of three. I have a sister in the middle, the brother. And so my brother and I stayed with our dad. Our, our sister went with our mom. And so we were never really very far apart. We grew up, you know, about three to four hours away from each other, but you know, seeing each other intermittently throughout the year during holidays. Um, I, I, looking back, I, it was always such a important concept to my dad and my stepmom at the time as well, um, that families stayed together. You know, it really tore them up that the kids weren't together, that, you know, we weren't all under the same roof, but you know, it's definitely for the better that my mom and dad were no longer under the same roof together. Um, and so, yeah, I always just growing up was, you know, I was the oldest. And so I kind of had the big brother syndrome, I guess, always looking out for my family, looking out for my brother and sister. Uh, and then, you know, I was a part when I, right after high school, I joined the military, like I said. And um, right when I left, literally like weeks, I was still in boot camp um, was when our dad got sick. He got a terminal illness. He was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. And um, I was a part from my family during this other big trying time for us. And so... I guess for me, it just seemed like at the time, whenever we had a big family event going on, our family wasn't together. Uh, you know, when I was a kid or you know, when we were adults. And so certainly now that uh, being out of the military, I have a little bit more control over my life, uh, or at least I like to think still. Um, it's become so much more important to me. So I moved back to Virginia when I got out of the army. Um, you know, my home state, I uh, went to college there. It was perfect timing. My brother's four years younger than me. So we actually went to college at the same time, went to the same college, um, not the same program, but you know, it's very rare when you're four years apart and you start college at the same time. Right. So, um, it all kind of just fell in alignment for me. So I was able to, in my eyes, make up for lost time. You know, I was in the same city as my brother um, and my mom at the time. My stepmom still lived a couple hours away. My sister was in the same state. So for me, I was able to kind of make up for lost time and try to 
rekindle that family connection. We're all very close, um, but we all like to do our own thing, if that makes sense. Um, so for me, um, it's just, uh, it's been a real blessing to be able to kind of come back and, you know, make sure that I pursue my own path, but we're all able to kind of do it together. This sense of family legacy and lineage is very important to me and to us. So um, it's, uh, it's been a blessing, man. It's been, I can't believe I've been out of the army now for eight years, not maybe, yeah, about eight years. And, uh, I, I really feel like being able to be just within a couple hour radius instead of States away from everybody has been really, really, um, big blessing important to me. So what started the army? There's a lot that I want to pick apart with that. I think you have a very multifaceted story, so I'm going to kind of just peel the layers on you, but, uh, what started the army? I believe you said your dad was in the army as well at some point. Um, so kind of get into that. Yeah. Like what made you want to make that dive and, and how'd you stay motivated during that process? Yeah. Um, you know, again, kind of going back to the family aspect, um, you know, I was 17 technically when I joined and I sort of kind of knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, wasn't really dead set on a college option, but you know, our family had been in the military. My dad, my uncle, my grandfather, like way, way, way back, um, strong family legacy lineage and serving the military. And so that seemed really appealing to me. Uh, it held more weight for me at the time than just picking a degree, picking a school, going to school for no particular reason. So that's really was the driving force behind that. Um, I, I really could tell it was very important to my dad. Uh, I was never like pushed or pressed into it. It wasn't like, hey, this is what we do. You know, you're tuning, you're going to serve in the military. Um, but, you know, he was like a great resource to have because he went to a military school, like in high school, he was National Guard, then he went active duty. Um, so I had all the options laid out to me and it just seemed the most appealing at the time. So yeah, I mean, I actually, I swore in Christmas break of my senior year in high school. Uh, I was on the delayed entry program. I then went into boot camp July, the following year, 2003, um, immediately enlisted for a six year contract. The nature of my job at the time required a, a lengthier commitment. Um, and uh, yeah, for me, um, the motivation kind of just, it just came because I always felt like I was doing this for my family. I was doing this for my dad. You know, I was doing this because I really wanted to make, you know, my family uh, and everybody proud. And I, you know, I really believed that acts of service are very important in this life. And what's a greater act of service than serving your country, um, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, mean, I think the motivation just came from knowing that I was getting started on this really amazing, uh, wild, crazy, sometimes really shitty uh, journey um but it was it was already tied to like a higher purpose kind of thing um yeah plus my dad really gave me the inside look you know I said hey it's all just a mind game especially in boot camp you know like you know he was helping me get trained and prepared for it before I went in um and then I was just like all right just head down move forward and uh you know try not to get shot or try to stay out of trouble <laughs> So you, I mean, dude, you're doing a lot now, right? You have your clothing with your brother. I believe you have a podcast, you're coaching, you're YouTubing, you're doing a lot of stuff. What did the army instill into you to like allow you to crush the shit the way you're crushing it? I mean, I got to imagine that you learned so much when you were doing that, whether it's directly from your experiences with your dad or just being enlisted. Um, what did you take away from that? And what can the listeners kind of try to take away from you? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I don't think I've ever been asked, um, you know, what's the direct correlation of what I'm doing now from the military, I would say really comes down, you know, trust, being able to trust the people to the left and right of you, trusting your team, but more importantly, 
trusting your equipment, trusting the process. Um, when you go into the military, I can speak about the army. That's, that's what I know, but you know, the military is the military. They train you and they instill in you that you get qualified and you get really proficient at your job. But more importantly, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that whatever you're not proficient in, whatever you lack, the person to your left, the person to your right is going to make up the slack. You know, they're going to literally save your ass one day. Um, or they train you so well on all of your equipment, your weapons, uh, systems, whatever your job requires you to, to, to know inside and out um, that, that this thing can literally maybe save your life one day. So once you get that level of trust and I can do what I know I know how to do and then whatever is left over, whatever I don't feel confident in, I have the people and the things and the systems, the environment around me to pick up that slack. So I really think that's one thing I've looking back on. I, I really feel confident that's carried over um, at a point now being able to help delegate certain tasks, being able to just, as you know, in the entrepreneur, entrepreneur space, you're just like, I got to do everything right. Like it's only going to work if I'm doing, it, if I'm all in um, shout out Jason Phillips, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, really being able to, Surround yourself with the right people that get your vision, that um, support you. And at the same time, you can support them and whatever they're working on. Uh, and just having that level of trust that like, hey, you get what I need to accomplish here. Um, you're really good at this one thing or multiple things. And I'm really good at the other stuff. So I'm just going to do me. You're going to do you. But we come together, you know, over the important thing, you know, the big vision. Um, and that's really what I think hits the nail on the head here with Everford as a brand. My brother kickstarted it, you know, a couple of years ago with the apparel, you know, the shirt I'm wearing right now. And, um, you know, he does that really, really well. You know, he knows apparel. He knows um, that, that um, demographic, that, that, that thing that people want when it comes to something they're going to wear. Uh, me, you know, um, I, my whole background, exercise science, health promotion, my, you know, personal, all my certifications, you know, working in the health and wellness industry for about a decade, uh, really made me the best suited to, to share that type of content on our podcast platform. Uh, and then of course, that's what I was doing in the corporate world. So I just carried it over into the coaching platform. Um, and then, you know, and then we come together like, Hey, Max, let's grab lunch. Uh, yeah. You know, team meeting kind of thing. And like, you know, talk about, Hey, how are we moving forward? How's ever forward moving the needle? What's the long-term vision here? What's the big goal? Uh, you know, what are you doing? What am I doing? How can we support each other? And then being able to step back and just know that you, we, you know, we're not, we're not in an office building. We're not working side by side together, but I'm going to get my shit done. You're going to get your shit done. At the same time, we're all moving towards that same direction. So trusting the people around you, trusting, you know, your tools and your equipment to just, uh, to have your back when you don't have the confidence, maybe that you're doing the right thing or, uh, not that you're not doing the right thing, but when you maybe don't trust that you are, you know, getting everything done, you know, you have trust in other people. I love that, dude. I think that, and it's probably like the, I don't know how into hip hop you are, but like self-made was a big thing for a while, right? Everybody oh, yeah, wants to say yeah, self-made. Yeah. And I think it's bullshit. I don't think anybody is really self-made because we all have mentors. We all have different people we work with, work for, work under, learn from, like nothing is is made right there. It's all recreated. So it's cool to hear you say like, one of the big keys to your success is just surrounding yourself with other like-minded people who want to move forward and then just continually pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a strong believer. I say it all the time that you can be good on your own, but if you really want to be great, if you want to achieve true greatness, you have to foster that community along the way. You have to have the people 
in the right places at the right time to, to be your support system, to check your ego, to bounce ideas off of, um, to just you know, really foster that community so you can grow together and achieve true greatness. Yeah, I agree, man. Self-made is bullshit. Um, show me one person who says all of their success is 100% because of themselves. I, I guarantee we can find one person who helped them, you know, gave them an idea, helped be a catalyst, an inspiration. Uh, there, unless you are living in solitary confinement, and develop everything on your own under a rock, you know, then I'll agree you're self-made. <laughs> That's exactly right, dude. So on top of, and I can't speak for you on this, but on top of obviously learning to use everybody around you, the environment around you, I got to imagine the army um, and you can or cannot get into this, your experience with what your dad went through. Um, I also want to get into your injuries because you had some crazy injuries. All these things kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think all these things taught you that like, there's no such thing as a roadblock, maybe just course corrections, right? Like why not? And this is probably where the name of the brand really hits home is like, just keep moving forward, right? It's, there's just no stopping. Um, and there's a lot of people, I mean, me, you, everybody, really, everybody listening to this has always made an excuse in their life. Um, but I think success comes from people who can actually push through resistance when you get that uncomfortable resistance and you keep moving forward. Um, would you agree? And can you elaborate on what the army, what your father, what your injury, all these things taught you about just not stopping? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that is a huge tie into our, our brand. Um, you know, we always heard Everford growing up, but we never really applied it to anything um, substantial until after we had to go through hell, really. Um, our father was such an integral part of our family. Um, uh, he was a dad, he was a husband, he was an entrepreneur, he was a soldier, he was my best friend. Um, so he was a lot of things to a lot of people. So yeah, on the other side of it, Definitely. That's where it, it comes from. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I would say in the military, and this is looking back, you know, in the military, it, there was no option. There was like, hey, this is your task. These are your orders. Um, I don't care <laughs> if it sucks. I don't care if it's hard. I don't care what we have to do. Like, it's, it can be a life or death situation or like, your failure or your success can mean failure or success for a lot of other people. So it was like, Hey, here's the task. I don't care what obstacle comes before you figure it out. You just have to keep driving on. So at the time it was kind of like, you know, you put on your soldier hat, like, okay, yes, Sergeant, or yes, sir, whatever, <laughs> you know, and like you just follow orders. Um, and then with my dad, uh, that was really, that was the one thing that I struggled with a lot. And I've shared this um, before in that, once that obstacle came down before me, once I found out, you know, we're all kind of like, you know, dad's, you know, kind of sick, we're going through some tests. But once I found out that it was terminal and the severity of it, uh, what ALS truly will turn into, um, I, I lost sight. I, I, I abandoned that mission. Uh, I tried to at least. I actually dropped the paperwork with my command to, to get out of the army. Uh, if you can prove you have a significant hardship back home, um, that the needs of your family uh, are higher than the needs of your job right then and there, they'll let you out of your contract. So I actually started to do that because my family, my dad was more important to me at that time. Uh, but then my dad, once he found out about that, he was like, hell no. He, <laughs> he was like, this will not stop your mission. So this was right before he started, he was losing his ability to speak. Uh, and he was about, he was on a cane. He was getting close to not being able to walk. Um, he flew out. I was stationed in California at the time. He flew out to California for like three, four days. And he, at that point, that was when 
you know, I heard ever forward, ever forward as a kid growing up, you're just like, all right, dad, whatever. But he showed me exactly what it was like to live a life ever forward. He's like, Chase, this, this may be the end of my journey, but it should not be the end of yours. Like hell, you're not even able to start truly your journey. I'd only been in the army for like six, eight months. Um, and so he spent, he spent four days just like convincing me basically just showing me that it was okay that you know he was going through this the family's going to go through this but me starting this new journey and you know getting my life created was more important uh so at the end of that time um he flew home i canceled the paperwork uh i think i can't remember actually maybe maybe even met my first sergeant met my commander i can't remember um but he, he was just dead set on not that you know, not letting him stop me. So he convinced me, he showed me what it was like to live a life ever forward. Um, fast forward about 12 months later, 15 months later, he passed away. And then I'll be totally transparent, man. Um, it, it took, it took the better part of a decade for me to completely stop seeing that as an obstacle, as a blockade. Like I was so angry. I was like, you know, why me? Why him? You know, I was pissed off. Uh, I would, uh, get panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Actually, um, I'm like the only person I know who went through six years in the army and to develop uh, mild diagnosis, mild P- T- PTSD, not from being in the army, but from like family shit. Because every time I would see him, it was just worse and worse and worse. And it was just deteriorating. And then I would go back to right back to army life. And so like, uh, I was really kind of messed up mentally and emotionally for a long time. Uh, and, and to me, the better part of a decade to see that that wasn't a thing stopping me. Um, but I needed to start seeing it as the way through to quote one of my favorite books, Ryan holidays, the obstacles, the way, like r- seriously up until about like two, three years ago, ever forward was just a, this phrase was this thing. Um, and you know, my, yeah, my dad taught it to me and like, he showed me what it meant for him and his illness time, but, um, it just clicked. I finally just like surrendered to it and, I was like, all right, what, what, what am I missing here? You know, what is this teaching me? What truly does it mean to live a life ever forward? What do these two words mean? Um, you know, I say it to my license plate, but am I, am I really living it? You know, like, am I, am I walking and talking it? And um, through a lot of hard work and dark times and talking to professionals and talking to my friends and uh, working through stuff with, um, you know, my now wife, uh, I, I really figured out what, what that was. And uh, I can proudly say over the past couple of years, um, I feel like I'm fulfilling that legacy more. I feel like I'm living a life ever forward. I'm sharing that message that my dad truly wanted us to get and understand as kids and uh, being able to pay it forward. And uh, I'm so grateful that my brother had the balls to, to put it out there first, um, to establish it as a brand, um, to really foster that community in the beginning. And then uh, here we are, you know, several years later, and man, it's just, it's the unstoppable force. Uh, it has allowed us to just find our purpose and find our truth and, and live it confidently and without any question every day. But at the same time, man, I get to connect with people like you, like because of these two words, you know, we have grown this community. I've been able to meet other amazing people living their truth and, you know, whatever their catchphrase is or whatever their mantra or their mission is, they're doing it. And uh, if it wasn't for me stopping to see this obstacle as the thing blocking me from my future, my potential, but rather like this was my future, my potential. Um, it was, yeah, man, it was a bitter pill to swallow. It took me the better part of a decade. Um, and, you know, here we are doing, doing a lot better, living a life ever forward. 
Man, I think uh, it, it's stories and meanings and purpose like that that actually help build a brand because it's not just wearing a cool shirt with a cool logo anymore. You know what I mean? Like now that you've told mm-hmm. me that story, the like that shirt means an entirely different thing because anybody can relate to that or want to relate to that because they're stuck in a place where they feel like they're stuck or held back or at a plateau or whatever it may be. Um, so I'd be interested to hear you say like two to three years ago when you kind of had that click where things started shifting, it sounded like you kind of got into what I call like the deep work. And I had a moment in my life similar to this where I finally realized that I needed to ask myself the right questions and really sit there and actually think about them. Right. I don't think enough people ask themselves the questions that are uncomfortable, um, which create clarity and allow you to move forward. Um, what tips do you have? Did you read books? Did you journal? Did you talk to mentors or or like, what did you do to allow yourself to really start breaking through that point? Um, just so listeners can kind of like the obstacle is the way I've read that book. I think three times. Fantastic book. Um, ego is the enemy is another great one by him. Um, but there were little things in my life that allowed me to find the click. I would be interested to know like what years were. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. That time frame was when I had a lot of things at the time seemingly were going wrong in my life. I was struggling, having a lot of issues um, in my personal relationships, uh, my professional relationships. Uh, and looking back at it, I was truly, I was just being idle. I had gotten to a point where I, I was comfortable. Uh, I took a lot of things for granted. I took people in my life for granted. I took my job for granted. Uh, I took the impact I was making on other people and that potential for granted. Um, and a lot of those things changed for me. Uh, a lot of relationships changed, a lot of uh, jobs changed, and just you know, really everything around me, things began to get a little rocky. And certain things got very, very rocky, and it really shocked me. And I was like, damn, like, I thought I was good. I thought we were good. I thought things were comfortable. And then I realized that staying comfortable, being comfortable was the problem. Um, I was idling and I wasn't moving forward. Uh, I'd gotten comfortable with just the status quo uh, and, you know, putting in the work necessary for my relationships and putting in the work necessary uh, to grow myself professionally. Um, So through some self-work, some self-realizations, but in other cases, without going into too much detail, like other people uh, made that choice for me and other people <laughs> kind of, you know, woke me up, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I mean, I started just like really realizing, okay, where am I missing the mark? Uh, started looking more and reading books. Uh, that's really when I first discovered what the hell a podcast was, was like three years ago. Um, and uh, really just looking at like, okay, these are the areas of my life where I, I feel like I'm good. How can I make them better? You know, I think they're good, but clearly some other people and some other environments around me think there's room for improvement. And I was like, all right, so let me just do the work. Um, so I started diving into personal development, professional development, uh, going back to my roots, you know, all my, my certifications and my, my degrees, you know, in health, fitness, nutrition, all these things. I was like, okay, well, I think I know this shit, but you know, what really don't I know? How can I become better? How can I become a better trainer? How can I become a better coach, a better manager, a better boyfriend at the time, um, a better brother, better son. Uh, and I, I really just, you know, pretended like I didn't know anything. I was like, I'm right, going back to the beginning, going back to like regrowing this foundation. Uh, and then also in that same sense of like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable um, and doing the work necessary to grow in areas that I thought I was good in, um, I became 
gooder. <laughs> that's a word. Uh, I really think I set myself down the path to um, becoming great at certain things. Um, but more importantly, it really showed me that, that um, it's, it's caused me now over the last three years to have better, a better sense of awareness of when things get too comfortable to jump on them more immediately, uh, to really look at like, okay, you know, I haven't you know, read a book on this subject in a long time. Let me go back and refresh. Or I haven't, um, you know, reached out to this person in my life in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, um, you know, no, for no hard reason, but let me just do the work. Let me put that effort into that relationship. So uh, yeah, that hard work uh, definitely helped me get my act together. Um, but more importantly, it has given me the ability now to kind of like know when these things are flagging up in my life and to, to act on them more immediately. So, um, yeah, I mean, Ryan holiday to get more specifically read ego is the enemy. The obstacle is the way uh, I started journaling. Like every day I, I was living with my brother at the time and, uh, I would always be up super early with my cup of coffee and my journal out. And he'd be like, what do you think you're better than me or something like what? <laughs> he would just be like rolling out of bed eating cereal um and uh yeah i mean i would just i would a lot of times i think people if you're looking to do self-work you think like i have to find the one book or i have to find the magical journal like there's just one thing that's supposed to just be appealing to me but uh, in my experience i found out what worked for me and what i recommend to a lot of people that i work with is just get it out of your head whatever it, like you're thinking, whatever you think is right or wrong, just like if you just get shit out of your head onto paper and then reflect on that, I think that is such a great starting point to figure out, okay, this is really where I need to get better. This is where I'm doing well in. Um, or wow, wow. I, like, I can't believe even I was thinking this, like what's going on in my life? Why am I thinking these thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I would journal pretty much every morning, uh, sometimes even twice a day. Uh, I would just get things out and then be able to reflect upon them. Um, I started, um, looking into a lot of, a lot of areas of my life that I didn't think need work. Um, one of the books that really helped, um, my relationship at the time and certainly other relationships, I don't think it needs to be, uh, intimate at all, but like working relationships, siblings, um, professional relationships was the five love languages. Um, just being able to better understand and like why maybe people aren't clicking is because like you're showing up in that relationship, how, how you want other people to show up, but you got to meet people where they are. You got to, you know, do they receive information? Do they receive you in certain ways? Uh, and just being able to basically better understand that, um, I think is a huge communication barrier that a lot of people don't realize in like on the job with their family, with their significant other. Um, that book really, really changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, what else? I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it really just start with that book and any Ryan Holiday book. <laughs> I think you can't go wrong and then just journal it out. I 100% agree. I've read all those books and I think it's funny, man. A lot of what you're saying is it's so simple, but it's exactly what I've done as well. And it's what, and if you're just consistent with it, right? Like usually people get frustrated because, all right, I'm going to start this journaling habit and they sit down and they journal once and they're waiting for this aha moment. Or it's like when people try meditation yeah. and they're like, I'm going to meditate so hard right now. And they like go into it and they can't. <laughs> Like nothing happens, but like you're thinking too much. You're just like, just ease up, be consistent, give yourself 30 days and, and see what happens. And I think people would be surprised um, what comes forth. And uh, you coach people directly. So I want to hear your opinion on this. I, I put a lot of this into my coaching for people that I coach fitness and nutrition with, because I think that the mindset side of things is so key in being consistent and adhering and just being patient and just letting the process happen. And this shit doesn't happen overnight. 
So I'd be curious of what you have implemented into your clients that you've learned from the army, from your, your breakthrough, from all these different things you're talking about. What pieces of that do you put into what you do with clients and what do your clients need to remember about just, I guess, not getting frustrated with the process and just keep moving? Yeah. Um, one of the things we would always do in the military is we would always have these things called after action reviews. So after any training exercise, uh, after any, um, live exercise, um, there was always like, we would always stop and be like, okay, what went well, you know, areas for sustainment, areas for improvement. Um, no matter if, it, if the mission was a success, no matter if it was a failure, uh, no matter whatever, we always went through this kind of reassessment protocol, um, looking at your successes and looking at your failures, you know, areas for improvement. And that's definitely one I think, I never really thought about it this way um, until this question. It's probably a big carryover that I have. You know, one of the things that I do with all my clients um, is every week, if we're on like a weekly, you know, conversation protocol, is, you know, okay, start off, what's, what's a win? What went so well this week? What was the success? And then, you know, what was an obstacle? What do we have room for improvement on? Um, and then also reminding them when you have a success, it's very easy just to be like, oh, yeah, I hit this new benchmark in the gym or I, you know, new low weigh-in or, you know, I finally got that promotion, whatever goal we're working on, um, which is all well and good. But I think where a lot of professionals, coaches, trainers go wrong is like, okay, yeah, that's great. Awesome. Cool. All right, now let's move on and just focus on your weaknesses. You know, how, do we, how can we get better in every area, every other area? What I like to do is, again, going back to the AAR, no matter if it was a success or failure, well, how did we achieve success? How did you get that promotion? How did you break through that gym plateau? How did you have the new low weigh-in? How did you achieve that success specifically? Look back on the things that you did to accomplish that so you know how First of all, so you know what success looks like moving forward, but also so you know, hey, it wasn't just an overnight thing. It took X amount of days. It took X amount of weeks. You know, that's, that serves as a reminder that when they do get back on the grind, when they do get back on the process uh, and maybe they lose motivation, get frustrated that like, well, it's been a couple of days, it's been a couple of weeks, it's been a couple of months, hell, it's even been a year, um, that dependent upon the goal, dependent on that level of success that you're striving for, that takes time. Uh, and so for them to be able to look back on and to, you know, kind of analyze, oh, yeah, I did this and then I did that or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. And then that equated to success for me. Uh, I, I like to do that for the same thing with, you know, an obstacle with a failure. Like I've been you know stuck at this weight forever. I've been stuck at this uh, plateau forever in the gym or I just can't seem to find my passion in life. I can't seem to find the right job. Uh, my relationship suffering, um, being able to effectively analyze and measure success the same way you do failure. So you can understand why you're succeeding, why you're failing. Uh, so you know what that looks like and be able to apply it moving forward. Uh, it's probably, yeah, definitely a direct carryover. Um, I, I guess all my military people listening, uh, they'll know when I say, yeah, I have an AAR with all my clients. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, I love that. It's funny. Cause uh, once again, it's something I can relate to. I actually call it positive focus, but it's basically the same thing. Like, okay, what happened? Why is it positive? What's the lesson you learned from it? And no matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing, we have to take away some lesson or else you're not going to move forward, right? And we're going to keep kind of yeah. hammering on that move forward, ever forward um, thing because it fits so well, dude. I, I mean, you guys came up with the perfect perfect brand, man. I love it. So um, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm curious about creating balance, man. I've heard you talk about this before. You're somebody who I always appreciate getting somebody on the podcast who's very motivated, who's successful with clients, who preaches that it is a process. It is. It does take patience. Um, and I think part of that 
is finding balance, right? We can't, and, and I, I don't know if you've tried this, but nine times out of 10, every person who is into fitness has tried the bodybuilding style approach mm-hmm. where we pack meals and Tupperwares, we eat the same shit every day. And, and after a while- We bro out hard. Yeah, you bro out too hard. And, <laughs> and, and I think a little broing out is fine as long as you know how to adjust and be flexible with it, right? If you wanna go do something on the weekend, you can't be stuck in that bro rut you're in, right? So um, mm-hmm. how do you create balance and how do you help your clients create balance? Balance, I think, comes with a lot of baggage. Um, when people initially, I think, this is a personal chase and professional chase talking, balance, there comes with a lot of like prerequisites or there's these perceived things that like, I have to have this balance, I have to have that. Like, I think people lose sight from the very beginning of truly the, the important things in their life, their priorities, the things that really matter most that they actually want to balance, that they actually want to have like a fair equilibrium in, you know, this, I call it this dance, you know? Um, and so I think, first of all, getting really, really clear on what are the most important things, the most important people, the most important whatever in your life. Um, first, instead of just making an assumption that everything and everyone in my life has to matter equally, because that's simply not true. Uh, it goes back to um, one of my favorite books, The One Thing, they mentioned in there about how uh, it's kind of like the same thing when you look at multitasking. Multitasking is a lie because what you're doing, what you're saying is that everything I'm doing matters equally. And that's simply not true. Um, so I think first getting clarity around the most important people, places, passions in your life first, uh, and then looking at, um, you know, does this need to be in a balance? Or like I said, does it need to be more of a dance? You know, what do I need to focus more on right now so that maybe another area of my life, another priority can be more prosperous later? So maybe I need to like bring one down, bring another one up. Um, so I, I think there's a misconception that people don't have their priorities in alignment first. Secondly, uh, that it has to stay in balance. Um, if you really, truly, honestly want to get better in the gym, that takes a lot of work, right? So you got to find time to go to the gym and then you got to find time to eat right. You have to do all these things. Well, what if that's taking away from your relationship? What if it's taking away from your marriage? What if like it's causing you to show up later, be tired at your job? Um, and then you're just going to like try to overcompensate and overcompensate in all those areas to keep the quote balance, right? Um, I think you really just have to figure out what matters most to you um, and then start the dance. When I got started, when I was getting out of the military, you know, of course, the Army a very active job uh, and I was just active because I had to be and it was just the way of life um, but when I started really truly getting out lifting weights uh, I was in college in a relationship uh, going to school uh, yeah in the gym uh, and I was just following what everyone else was doing I was following their balanced plan right well that burned me out I was just I wound up not really staying committed um, I didn't really care I just did it because everyone else was doing it um, and I can honestly say now it's it's been several years later, um, like taking care of my body, taking care of my mind, my fitness, nutrition, my mindset um, on my terms when I can handle it so that it better serves my people, my job, uh, my relationships. That's what balance looks like to me. Uh, so um, I, I now finally have clarity on my priorities. I finally have clarity on the things that matter most to me, the people that matter most to me. Um, and then those come first, second, third. Um, and it's not always, they're not always, you know, on one side of the scale. Uh, sometimes, sometimes my relationships suffer because, uh, I've been slacking in the gym. You know, <laughs> I'm like, Hey babe, you know, I haven't seen you all day, but you know, I have to go to the gym. I have to work out because I haven't done it in like four days. Uh, or 
you know, I really need to focus on my business. And so I'm just gonna like, I need to accept the fact that, hey, my gym life is gonna suck this week. Uh, I'm gonna only gonna get into workouts, but I'm gonna make them kick ass. Uh, I'm gonna take breaks during the day and just try to stay active and walk um, because I need to focus on the business side of things right now. So um, yeah, I feel like it's kind of been a long winded explanation of just like, I really don't think there is a true balance. I think it is kind of like that give and take, that dance, like I said, uh, but also I think most importantly, people have to really first figure out what are the most important things? What are the priorities that they even want to try to attempt to balance? Uh, again, great book. That book taught me what the one thing just like, Oh yeah. So good, man. It taught me so much about um, exactly what you're saying. And I agree. And I think the struggle I had um, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this is like, as an entrepreneur, I know that I can only focus on one thing at a time, but at the same time, I want to be the most jacked dude. I want to have the most successful business. I want to have the best relationships, right? Like we want all those things and we get kind of clustered trying to push everything together. And I think for me, like creating mindfulness, creating, learning how to be more present allowed me to kind of section my time differently. If I'm at the gym, I'm at the fucking gym, right? If I'm with my relationship, I'm with my relationship. If I'm working on my business, like I have to work on my business. Um, is that kind of how you try to balance them all? Because from an outside perspective, it looks like you do have things pretty going pretty well in each area. And I'm sure it took some, it probably took some work, but um, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, outside looking in, uh, looks way better than what's going on. <laughs> I'm all over the place, man. Always. But, uh, it's always that yeah, way, right? right? Yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, once once I left my job December last year and went completely just no other option, um, it was the most scary but most liberating thing at the same time. And yeah, you're right, man. If you want to make this work, if you're doing it for yourself or even if you're working for somebody else, you know, if you have a lot of things in your life that you care about, it's really hard to not have them spill over into other areas. It's really hard to be in the gym and not, you know, sending emails or looking, you know, um, talking to your clients or, uh, you know, scheduling out something. Or if you're out to dinner with your wife or significant other, to not be doing the same thing, to be on your phone, um, or even just to take a break. Like at the end of the day, and like you've been working from sunup to sundown because you have to make everything happen for yourself if it is just you and you're trying to just relax, but you know, watching TV and you're still like on your laptop doing all these things. Those are areas that I definitely, I'll, I'll be honest, I still have a lot of room for improvement in, I think. Um, and luckily I have an amazing wife who calls me out on that shit all the time. And she's like, put the phone down, <laughs> you know, no more work. And I'm just like, just one more email, one more thing. But, um, <laughs> she is a great asset in my life. <laughs> I can relate to that, man. You and me yeah. both, same exact thing. It's, uh, it's uh, on the outside looking in, you're like, just leave me alone. Like, I need to do this. Like, I have to make money or I have to like, you know, help my client or I have to uh, schedule this podcast, whatever. But like, they're looking out for us, man. They're looking out for our sanity for sure. Um, and that's a gentle reminder that like, hey, we're in a relationship. You need to pay attention. You know, if you want this to work, we have yeah. to actually hang out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. One thing I've been trying to get better at is really setting those parameters that, you know, like you said, when I'm in the gym, I'm in the gym because I definitely have noticed that it, I take the time out to go work out, but that turns into a longer workout than it really should be because I'm taking a lot longer between sets because I'm on my phone, because I'm scrolling Instagram, because I'm sending emails, because I'm doing all these things. Um, what I'm currently working to get better at is to put parameters on those tasks so that I can go all in 
Jason Phillips. I can go all in on that one task uh, and just be so proficient at it. You know, I can abandon the multitasking myth and just like, all right, I'm in the gym. I'm going to knock out this workout. And when I do that, it's so much more efficient. It's so much more quick so that I can then get back to my work, knock that out, or I can show up for a podcast. Um, you know, when I'm done at night, when I'm, if I'm reading a book, I'm not also on my phone. I'm not like, like having my phone up. I would all do is put my phone face down or either like even on the counter, something away from me. Um, or if I'm watching a movie on the couch, watching a TV show with my wife, um, no laptop, no phone. Again, these are things I'm trying to get better at. So, uh, may, if you listen to this, like <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, but, um, yeah, I think to kind of sum it up, yeah, like being able to put parameters on these areas and priorities in your life that when I'm doing this thing, I'm doing this thing, you know, I'm setting a timer on my phone and I'm going to devote 20 minutes to checking my email inbox. And when it's done, that's it. Uh, I'm going to put 45 minutes and go to the workout. Uh, or I have, you know, put rules into your life, you know, at 8 PM laptop closed, no matter what, 9 PM phone off, no more screens, you know, 10 PM, you know, with my significant other, with my wife, whatever, uh, reading a book. Um, again, to go back to the one thing, if people could see my calendar, like I time block, damn near every like almost down to my bathroom breaks because i found that when i don't i just like oh yeah i'll time i'll get to this i'll get to that like i just stay scatterbrained i stay doing multitasking uh and things take a lot longer than they should so like like i'll put in like breakfast gym interview client calls um I'll put it in break. I'll literally put in like 15 minute break. So it reminds me to like, go take the dog out and just get it outside and relax. So it sounds kind of extreme. And when I've told this to a lot of people, especially clients that I work with, like super busy professionals and like that helps show you how much time you really truly have when people are like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. But when you actually start time blocking it and scheduling things, those windows in your calendar become a lot more evident and then you find ways to fill it more efficiently. Um, but also you just stay focused and you get your shit done when you need to get it done. So time block, time block, time block. Uh, I want to start getting royalties for every time I refer people to one thing, but man, it's, it's so, so necessary. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I'm, I'm ridiculous with my time blocks. I'm the same way. And, and I think, and I even have some like mentor clients who I, who I help build their business. And I've heard this a million times and it happened to me. Like, when you create those time blocks, you're so much more efficient. You end up like the other day, one of my guys said he got off work. He was done with everything like three to four hours ahead of when he normally is. And he's like, nice. dude, I feel super guilty. He's like, I feel like I should be doing something. I'm like, no, dude, it's okay to like go chill or go have fun. You got your shit done. But now you see like you have so much more time available. Um, and I think it's, dude, it's just, it's so powerful. I, I read a study that, um, or I read an article about a study. This kind of made it click for me. It takes the brain 20 minutes to get back on task. So if you're emailing or you're writing a program and you go check Snapchat and stuff, it takes you actually 20 minutes to start like refocusing on things. So for me, when I read that, I was like, fuck, I need to be more productive. And I got really good about do not disturb and all these things when I'm working. And then I realized at the gym, in my relationship, all these other areas, I wasn't doing that. Yeah. So then, you know what I mean? And I think that really kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, dude, like, where are your priorities? And it comes back to asking yourself those questions that are kind of uncomfortable. But I mean, um, again, like you said, dude, time blocks are probably um, the most important thing. Yeah. And one thing I'll say, what you were just talking about, like the do not disturb stuff, that reminds me, um, one of my clients right now, she's a young, busy professional working on some like general health and wellness stuff, but we're also doing a lot of uh, like establishing, her, establishing herself as a professional now, getting her career started. Um, 
And she specifically, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you can relate. I'm sure, you know, Cody, you can probably relate is that, you know, when we begin to try to take ownership of our time and put these harder parameters on it, like a do not disturb or a automatic reply in our email or hell, even just like closing our office door, we feel rude, right? We feel like, like, Oh no, I need to keep myself available. Like I don't want to be closed off, but like no, that, that, that's a lie. Like, you were being rude to these people, your coworkers, your family, by just allowing you and them to always be available all the time. So that's one, setting a poor expectation of, you know, communication and what, you know, is expected. Um, but also two, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by saying you were always available by not putting parameters, like you're actually being very, very selfish. So don't feel bad about it. Like, for the next 30 minutes, put up an automatic reply in your Outlook, you know, shut your office door uh, or like text, if you know, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever, and say, Hey, I, I have this big important task. You know, if I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode for the next hour, you know, I'll check back in, in with you then. If you just open yourself up to communicating that from the beginning and letting people know what you're doing and why you're doing it, man, you'll be surprised. Most people are like, okay, that's fine. Like, all right, love you. Talk to you later. Or like, okay, cool. I'll check in with you in the office after work or after lunch. Um, but we have this false pretense that like, we're the ones in the wrong, right? We're being rude, but no, like if you just communicate it, get your shit done in the way that you need to do it. The other side is so much better. <laughs> Agree. So and much better. It's crazy how our mind makes us believe that people are probably going to be pissed or judge us or whatever. And it's, it's always just a negative story that we're creating in our own mind. So I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um, man, what keeps you, uh, for black better terms, moving ever forward. Like what keeps you, <laughs> what keeps you uh, pushing forward? Like what's your main motivation? What's your drive? You got so much going on. You've, you've broke through you. You're, you're an inspirational dude to talk to because you're doing so many things. You've done so many things. Nice. Absolutely. Um, so what keeps your fuel going or your fire fueling? You know, it's really kind of a, I think self feeding at this point. Um, uh, I, I feel like people like us, you know, who get in the health, the fitness, wellness professions, I feel like we already kind of get started with the upper hand because we wouldn't be doing this if we first of all, didn't care about others. Right. Um, you know, we are in the service business. We show up every day to help other people change their life. So I think that's kind of a little bit of an innate calling. Um, you know, hell, even maybe going back to my upbringing, you know, I was the big brother, uh, you know, tough times in the family. So I was always trying to take care of other people. So I think that's kind of just how I was brought up. But um, yeah, man, at this point, like I said, it's really self-feeding. The more I've been able to push through uh, on the things that matter most to me, and especially now that we have this amazing, huge um, platform such as the internet, uh, through YouTube, through podcasts, through Instagram, being able to just like be so brutally honest with myself and share my journey and share my truth, um, uh, and then coming together with my family under this, this brand that we have, um, to do my life's work for us to do our life's work, but at the same time, just to have it fed back to us that like people actually resonate with it. Um, it's, it's a self-feeding cycle, man. So the more and more that we see people wearing a t-shirt or sharing the podcast or, you know, uh, becoming one of our clients to, you know, for them to learn and how they can truly live a life ever for it as well. Um, it, it just keeps feeding that fuel, man. It keeps, or excuse me, it keeps feeding that fire. Uh, so the more that people get it and the more that we see people taking our message and making it their own and bettering and changing their lives. Like to me, like 
that's, that's the limitless potential. Like, you know, um, if I want to really have the biggest impact, you know, I would love to like coach everybody in the world. I would love to try to help everybody in the world, but that's just not possible. But Hey, what if someone connected with my message, uh, and they heard a podcast and they, you know, started down the wellness journey of their own. They, they became a better person because some message that I said, or my guest said, and that caused a change in their life. That's what I'm after. Or someone in the gym, they're just not feeling the motivation. You know, they're like, I'm so tired. I've had a hard work week. Um, but then they look over and, you know, they've got an ever before shirt they're going to put on to go to the gym. Like that's an immediate reminder to, to just keep moving forward, to stay better. So, I mean, for me, it's just the, the level of ever before now and the impact and the feedback that we get and my brother gets, I get my wife, my sister, my cousin, like, like our whole family is in on this man. Um, and it all means something so unique but we all move towards the same destination. Um, so it's so cool in the sense that my family is in this together and we're all becoming better versions of ourselves and going forward and honoring that legacy our father instilled in us. But at the same time, it's that ripple effect, man. Like literally hundreds of thousands of people. Hundreds, that's insane. I was at a, a music festival a couple months ago, uh, Firefly in Dover, Delaware, and there were like 210,000 some people. I was like, that's like, max's youtube channel <laughs> or like that's uh like my podcast audience i'm like imagine if i came to an event and all those people were there because of you because of these two words these two letters it's just it's so humbling it's so empowering and literally every time i see someone making it their own and becoming their true authentic self it, it just reignites my fire so that's why i love waking up every day hopping on my computer uh checking the podcast numbers, looking at my DMs, you know, uh, looking at the new lineup coming out for the apparel. It's just like, how can I not be motivated? You know, how can my brother not stay motivated? How can my family not just keep moving forward, going ever forward? Um, at this point, you know, the momentum is too big not to keep going forward, man. So to that, you know, I say thank you to everyone that has resonated with our message that has clicked with ever forward and to amazing guys like yourself, man. Um, I, I got in the podcast world because people like my voice, but also I just can never shut up. I love to talk. And so being able to network with other people doing their thing uh, has been the most amazing thing to me. So um, meeting people, changing lives, changing my life at the same time. Um, that's, that's the motivational force, man. Dude, for anybody listening who wants to be successful, like that is a picture perfect answer because I think that if you look at, especially in the art space, um, anybody who is really doing well, their number one focus has always been like, they just love seeing the reaction of people when they get like their life changed, they get better results, they, they get happier, anything, right? Like that's really why we do it. And anybody who chases that feeling over and over again, organically is going to grow, is going to be very successful. Um, and sometimes it's hard for people because they want like, well, what's like the Facebook advertisement trick, right? And it's like, well, no, dude, yeah. it's, not, it's not about that. It's, it's about like, how many people are you helping? Are you trying to do that every day? Are you getting your message out there? Are you doing it relentlessly? Um, dude, it's so, so true. So following up with that, what is the grand master plan for Everford? I mean, you got, it's a multifaceted business. You got coaching, you got apparel, you got the radio show, you got, um, I would say the YouTube stuff going on is kind of all pushing that direction. Um, what is the, what's the grand master plan? If you can share. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a hard question to answer just because I think as, you know, certainly, like I said, when Max started it as a brand, it was just apparel, right? But then we realized like 
people actually clicked with it and then it grew and then it grew and then we're like, oh, there's this other potential, you know, let's do the podcast. Uh, hey, like Chase, this is what you do for a living. Like what if, what if we did it under our own umbrella, you know, Everford Coach, Everford Radio. Um, so I think it's kind of hard right now to really fathom or try to put a cap on it. Like, hey, when we reach this, when, when Everford looks like this, like that's it, like that's, that's success um, because it has continued to grow and evolve over the past three, four years. Yeah, four years now. Wow. Um, so I would say that, not to dodge the question, but it definitely is ever-changing, ever-evolving. Um, you know, we find different ways to serve our audience. You know, I think it's, that's so unique. Like not everyone listens to a podcast, but hey, you know what? They like wearing apparel. Cool. We got a shirt for you. Or hey, uh, some people want, you know, to work with the coach, but like they don't, you know, they don't like gym clothes or like maybe they don't like podcasts. They don't care about Chase, your stupid podcast. Like that's fine. Hey, we have a way to meet people where they are and to get them where they want to be in a lot of different ways. So who knows what's next, man, what the next platform is. I will say, one thing that we launched this year, uh, kind of the newest addition to the EF family is Everford Foundation. Um, we're working on becoming a full nonprofit organization. We uh, basically, our mom is doing a charity event for our undergraduate college, this children's hospital back in Richmond, Virginia, VCU, uh, looking for help with fundraising. I was like, you know what? I've had this idea for like two years. I'm gonna use this as uh, the universe knocking on my head. So we did a charity event. We raised money under the uh, Everford Foundation name. Our mom won first place at the dance. We raised like over $15,000 total uh, for, the, for the VCU Children's Hospital, which is amazing. So I would say on the horizon, we certainly want to keep growing the apparel, the coaching business, the podcast. Um, but the next baby is Everford Foundation. We want to do, be a true service center uh, for other people. Um, and then, yeah, certainly with the move to California, my brother moving to Texas, um, literally next year, 2019, like no joke, watch out. <laughs> we're you know we're gonna be around so many other amazing people. I think anytime you change your environment, change for you is bound to happen. So uh, who knows, man? 2019, I'm so excited for. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, just you know all the above. I don't know what success looks like for us or what the end game is in mind, but as long as we keep showing up with the same fire and the same motivation, uh, and we keep having that same impact on people, uh, and then they go out and do their own thing with it. Um, so as long as that's still going on, we'll, we'll keep making videos, making apparel, <laughs> recording podcasts, you know, all the above. And then we'll find a new way to serve our audience, whatever they need. Dude, what you're doing is contagious. So it's guaranteed to just keep evolving, man. And it's really, really cool to hear the um, foundation thing. It's, it's actually more difficult than people I think realize to set up those kind of things. Um, I've been trying oh. to do the same thing for this for a long time now, trying to incorporate that in my business. Um, so yeah. I've just been donating just to random uh, charities and stuff, but it's hard to create a foundation or create a, a linked charity to your actual business. So kudos to you for working on that, man. It takes a lot, but um, yeah, we got started with it, but um, I, we actually like put an actual pause on like, the whole 501 C process because like at the time we had made a, a hard decision on when and where we were moving. Um, May was still looking at different colleges for a nurse practitioner program. Um, so like where you establish your 501c, like you actually have to be operating out of, um, there may be some like loopholes there or something, but we're like, you know what, let's just get to our new state of residence and then we'll figure it all out. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is not easy. And for good reason too, because a lot of people, I think unfortunately take advantage of it. Yeah. And which is sad. Um, 
Dope, man. I got one more question for you and then we'll wrap this up. I know we're passing on an hour. I feel, like, I feel like I could talk to you for a while, dude. So the last question is a personality question. I like to set up a scene and just kind of hear where your mind goes with this. So the situation okay. is you're sitting at a dinner table and you have three empty chairs in front of you that can be filled with anybody to eat dinner with you, alive or dead, but they cannot be friends or family. Okay. Who's sitting next to you at this dinner uh, table? Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to go with my number one man crush of all time. It's a huge jacked man. Uh, <laughs> I've had, <laughs> I've been, I was a huge comic book nerd growing up, especially the X-Men. I have uh, been obsessed with Wolverine my whole life. So um, I would, de- and plus he's just an amazing human being. Uh, I haven't met him personally, but I, I, he's in some kind of extended network and just like, I'm just following the guy on Instagram. Like you can't not love Hugh Jackman. So uh, <laughs> I would love to, I love to have dinner with, uh, with Hugh. Um, and this is going to be a random reference too. Uh, so I'm a big reader, but not really a lot of um, fiction. Uh, I would love to honestly ha- sit down with Ernest Hemingway. Um, I, I love the movie Midnight in Paris with, um, I forget the guy who played Ernest Hemingway, but I think it was, uh, uh, what's the guy that was like, wow, what's that actor's name? Uh, wedding, wedding Crashers. Oh, um, damn. Oh, brain uh, fart. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank too. I, anyway, he's in it. Uh, and I, I, I thought it was an amazing movie. So cool. He like time traveled back to like whenever Hemingway was alive and like that, that character, uh, I love spot on. And I know a lot of people read Hemingway and they're like, yep, he was just like a wild dude who just like, like, let's have an adventure. We die today. No big deal. So I'd love to get inside his head. Um, who else? Third. Huh. I'm trying to think of like people that uh, aren't around. I think really made a big impact. Uh, oh, okay. My all—I just said I don't read, <laughs> I don't read fiction, but here we go. My all-time book, my favorite book of all time, is Dante's. Uh, he wrote the Divine Comedy, but I really, really, really just resonated with Inferno for some reason. Dante's Inferno, um, just the way he described suffering in hell and like um, that type of afterlife. Like, not to get like morbid or anything, but just it really made an impact on me. And I think because of that description of suffering, it, it left a, a longer lasting impression and appreciation for, uh, for not having to suffer in my life, uh, for what goodness and a good, wholesome life can look like because I didn't want the alternative. Um, I, uh, Dante, for sure, man, I would love to just know, you know, how he could so vividly describe suffering. Um, you know, I, I think he probably unfortunately went through a lot of suffering in his life to be accurately described that. So Dante, number three. Dude, I love it. That's a great dinner table. Where can everybody find all of your stuff? I mean, you got a lot going on. So give us a few places where people can go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one stop shop for like everything. You can just, uh, my personal website, chase tuning.com. I have linked to everything. You can find Everport apparel, podcast, coaching, my YouTube channel, Instagram, all that. But um, yeah, I'm on Instagram at chase tuning. It's actually at chase underscore tuning. But uh, yeah, everfordapparel.com, everfordcoach.com, everfordradio.com. But uh, yeah, one-stop shop, Chase Tuning, got it all linked right there for you. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. Cody, thank you so much, man. And I look forward to having you on Everford Radio soon. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide 
to mastering your diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book, not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.